And welcome to Babbleheads, a weekly sports and wrestling podcast. We are back. I am your co-host, Jesse H.S. And this is Eric Tyler. Your other co-host. And uh, where'd we leave off the last time, Eric? Lots happened in the two weeks, uh, in the week we've been off. So uh, let's try to, um, let's try to... I think we've got to talk about the biggest thing that happened today, and that's the Bryce Harper uh, mega deal to the Philadelphia Phillies. Is it 13 years, um, $330 million. $330 million. Definitely the highest paid sports, uh, you know, in the re- MLB is by far, you know, the the most yeah. money these uh, athletes are making. Well, we've never seen a 13-year deal before, so it's... And they also, it's a pretty crazy. There's a no, he's got a strict no-trade clause. Yeah, no opt-outs. No opt-out deal, so... It's insane. I mean, you know, I think we all knew, like, uh, when he was a free agent or going to be a free agent, that he, it was going to re- receive big money. I personally think it's um, it's ludicrous in my eyes. I don't think he's worth that. But uh, you know, and none of ninety you percent know, of these long term deals, which all of them have been ten year deals, like I feel like none of them really work out. So man, three years onto that. It's just crazy, but I guess if you're looking at it from the Phillies from the standpoint, you know, you got a, a superstar in your midst, and uh, and you got that's going to sell tickets and it's going to sell apparel and, and stuff like that. But I personally think that's a, just an insane amount of money, and I don't think he obviously he's, he's had some great squads in Washington. Um, I don't picture them him just him becoming a member of that squad taking them to a World Series, but I guess you never know. So. It's uh, it's very interesting to see uh, him going to the Phillies, uh, as well. I mean, how do you see that shaping up? As far do you do you think this? I mean, obviously it helps him, but does it really make? Does it put them into? It do you really think it it puts them into any kind of contendership uh, slot? I mean, I think it it definitely makes. I mean, they become a better team without a doubt. Maybe they become the better team in that division, but. Um... I mean, and they've added a couple pieces around it before. They picked up Harper. They got JT Realmuto as a catcher, and you know they picked up Gene Segura and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that they have a terrible squad, but I don't know. I just thought I don't think Bryce Harper is, um, you know, that's just a lot of money for one player. Yeah, so it really is. He's he's had his struggles in his career. I guess the one thing you can look at it is that he's uh, he's still a young guy. He's only 26. Um, and, uh, you know, so when his contract is up, he'll be 39. So, I mean, I guess you got to look at it from that perspective. And, now, and they're talking about bringing the DH back into uh, – into, putting the DH into the, into the NL. So, that could definitely help them a lot. So Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I, I'm just not a fan of, of those long-term deals like that. But I guess um, we'll see how it plays out. So, that's a lot of money. It certainly is. Um you know, with uh, spring training in full effect and the uh, the MLB season coming up as well, I mean, what are some teams that you're seeing that are on your radar that you think really could uh, make some, uh, you know, rumblings here in the come October? Like, who do you do you see anybody coming out and really uh, making a push this year that uh, and kind of showing their face as a contender this year that wasn't maybe so much in the, in last year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I kind of think the teams that were around last year are, are going to be the ones that were are the same that are going to be around this year. I mean, I think 
in the AL. Obviously, the Red Sox are, are just a powerhouse. Obviously, I'm a Yankee fan. I think the Yankees are going to have a good squad. Uh, you know, Houston, there's uh, some good teams there. And then in the NL, the same type of teams that were there before, you know, the Dodgers are going to make it. And I think now that, um, you know, I, I do think that the Phillies could be a team that to watch out for, for sure. I don't think I would say that they're definitely like a favorite to win the World Series by any means, but them and that division is going to be much better now with the you know the Braves being a lot better, um, the Mets adding some pieces. You know they got Robinson Cano and a couple other people, so it should be interesting. That division I think will be exciting. I think that I think people love it when the East to the divisions, the AL and the NL East are both like competitive. So I think that'll be definitely. Fun and like I know you're with the Braves, like I said, that young talent with the Braves, that should be fun to watch as well. So yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they develop this year, and uh, I can only hope that uh, it turns out in the the positive come uh, you know September. Yeah, I mean you got to think a lot of. I mean, looking at a team like the the Houston Astros, where they had some good teams in the '90s, and then they kind of, you know, they fell off for a while. They were kind of a joke in baseball, and now they're they're content because they've they had this young talent come up from the farm system and I think the Braves are kind of in that same vein where they had an amazing run in the 90s and then they kind of fell off for a bit and now I think they're back they're on the rise um, I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the NL for for, for a couple of years to come here so but it's exciting to watch and then you're going to have your teams there that are always there your your Dodgers your Yankees your, your Red Sox I mean the Red Sox are had such a great year last year, and it doesn't look like they're going to slow down really. So, and they've been they've been rather consistent. Yeah, they just well, they you know I mean, baseball's kind of uh, you got to pay money to win right now, and obviously since the two top payrolls in baseball were in the World Series last year, yeah, it makes sense. I think it makes sense. So, um, I think what's helped the Red Sox is some of those big contracts they give out. Um, some of the guys maybe people didn't expect to be as good are like absolutely just mashing the ball like Mookie Betts was playing on another level last year so that helps too as well so but yeah they're, they're going to be another one to watch out for do you think the Dodgers get over the hump and, and get it this year or what uh, I mean they could they have a talented squad obviously what's going what's gonna to help them or what could hurt them would be uh, what's hurt them in the past is injuries and stuff and you know they don't have Machado this year with him signing with the Padres but um I, yeah I mean I kind of think they're going to be there that, that division is a little bit down and I think the Giants are, are don't know really know what's going on right now and, and uh, so and the same with the Padres and uh in Arizona so yeah I can picture them I can definitely picture them making a run now, do you think, I mean, uh, the MLB has kind of taken a slip over the past, um, I don't know, because the MLB does have its its core fan base, but obviously I feel like it, it pales in comparison to an NBA and, and obviously the, the juggernaut that is the NFL. You know, is it is it the style of play that's just not translating to younger audiences? Because I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like baseball is still huge, obviously. Major League Baseball is still huge, but there is like a disconnect between, uh, you know, the younger audiences and baseball now, I think. 
Um, it, at least on, on, a, on, a, on a smaller scale, you're not seeing it as... Uh, the youth don't uh, aren't drawn to it as, as much as they were, say, when you and I were younger growing up in the early to mid-90s. Like, and I feel like baseball was just uh, an amazing time then anyway. Right. Uh, but I just think, like, yeah, like I said, like it's just people want action, and it's it's a slow-paced game, and it's lost a little bit of its luster in, in America. But you know, they still, like you said, there is still a big fan base. So, but I don't think it'll ever overtake, you know, your your the NFL or, or NBA or anything. Right, uh, and I do think uh, I almost believe now more than ever. Uh, <laughs> Major League Baseball is a an acquired taste almost as far as being a sports fan. Um, I mean that it is uh, rather hard to follow sometimes because it is such an extensive season. But right. and, and which you know counteracting to the games which are 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 very you know pretty like slow and and uh, and drawn out it seems sometimes but. Come, uh, I feel like uh, baseball. It, come postseason baseball, it's it, it is just it is really exciting and and it's for me it's just as exciting as watching the ML, uh, the NFL or the NBA playoffs as well. And I I feel like uh you know you a lot of fans don't really even t- start tuning into baseball. Uh, you know, obviously your diehards watch throughout the year, but uh, you know, a lot of the uh the fan base doesn't really tune in until probably like august once you know the the playoff picture is starting to get set yeah i mean i feel that way about a lot of uh you know a lot of casual fans for most sports like they don't really tune in until later on yeah but yeah i mean i think it's just it's just taking a step back and i don't i don't think it'll ever it'll ever get there you know i don't know it's just i think the the america right now is fully engulfed in Absolutely. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, the NBA, I guess we'll uh, we'll shift directions there real quick. And um, obviously, since the last time we uh, had done this, we uh, had the All-Star Game happen and All-Star Weekend. 
Um, do you have any uh, highlights uh, from the All-Star weekend that you wanted to uh, touch upon? Just, I mean, it's, uh, the, I think the NBA has really got, I just wanted to say, like, the NBA has really got it right when it comes to their their All-Star game. I feel like out of, out of all the main pro uh, leagues, I feel like the NBA does it right. It's fun. It's always exciting to watch. Um, it's, you know, the, the dunk contest is super exciting, and, and, and I like that, like, you know, the world, the, like the Futures game or whatever with the... Oh, yeah, that is a, that's a great <laughs> development that they've acquired over, you know, recently. It's, it's so much fun to watch that as the world versus USA. Yeah, I just think it's an exciting game, and I think it kind of really showcases, um, it really showcases the NBA and how fun it can be. I think, like, obviously, like, they've done good things with the Pro Bowl for, um, for the NFL and making it a little bit more fun and stuff like that. And, um, and the same with baseball. Like, obviously, baseball, you know, the home run derby is always the fun thing to watch. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think the NBA's got it right when it comes to their their um, their all-star weekend. It's really fun. And the game's always fun. Obviously, it's super high scoring and guys just out there showcasing their crazy athleticism. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun game for me. So, uh... Touching upon the, uh, you know, we're rolling into tomorrow's uh, March 1st, so we are rolling up very quickly. Uh, another month and a half, we will be in the postseason of the NBA. Um, for the East, I mean, who 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 do you really think is going to emerge in the Eastern Conference um, for, uh, for the East? Uh, you know, what teams are, 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 do you really think are making the push now to... to to truly get into the finals, what teams do you really truly see in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, lately, a team that like really is just like doing it for me and just like watching them play lately is the Raptors. I just think that they're clicking. I was just watching them with them, you know, against the Celtics the other night, and it's just they just looked so fluid and they looked great, and they're doing it without like I don't know, like there's really not. There's not a lot of huge names on that team, at least in my eyes. Obviously, we know they have the superstar, but um, but yeah, so that's one for me. Obviously, I'm a 76er fan. I think right now we're you know we have beat out, and that's hurting us. But they're just resting in for the playoff push. So I'm excited about them. Yeah, any any of them really. The Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are winners. They they're another team that's just doing it, and they have a super. I mean, Giannis is is going to be. I mean, he already is a superstar, but that dude is just going to be gigantic. He is huge. He is such a good player. He's exciting to watch. He's fun. Um, I mean, they have 14 losses. That's insane. That's so sick. I've, uh, and who would have thought, you know, all these years, the Bucks are, are you know, in the talks for going to the finals. It, yeah, it's my opinion, like, Giannis is, should be MVP. I mean, that's my opinion, but I just not a huge, like, I like, I, I don't love Harden, but I mean, look at that team. I mean, uh, so I mean, could most people, even NBA fans, probably couldn't name a lot of the players on the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like exactly. It's, it's insane, and they're in first place against, you know, uh, ahead of the Raptors, ahead of the 76ers, ahead of the Celtics. I mean, you know, I know Indiana's just scattered in there, and they're, in the and they're still kind of not talked about in the headlines. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So, but it's being in that smaller market in Milwaukee that's doing that for them. And I think what's who's who's someone that's under that's unsung in, in Milwaukee right now is Eric Bledsoe. He's a solid number two for Giannis. He's always been a good 
contributor to that too. Oh yeah. And and that's I think in the East especially that's what's going to get it done. You know, it's like you're not going to need a team like the Warriors or something like that to to really push it. So. And. But the East I think is exciting. There's. I mean, even the West. I don't know. Like. Like I like we talked about before. Like. Any of the top like five teams in the East, I could picture doing it. And then the West is a little bit different. Like. Top five looks a little bit different to me. Like, I love watching Denver. Man, Denver's so fun. Such they fun really team. are. But are they going to win a title? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, uh, and t- speaking on the East, though, a lot of people don't. I feel like the the Bucks as well as the Raptors, are, are under the radar, especially when the Raptors make, like, small little moves that I see and really improve their team, like the, the acquisition of Marcus All. Uh, getting that veteran big man in there, I think is huge for that team. And to think that we really, truly could, I mean, with LeBron out of the East, you know, the Heat or the Cavs aren't in the finals, which is kind of refreshing to say for the first time in, God, how many years? Uh, 10, 10 years almost? Uh, yeah. You know, LeBron, well, it'll be the first time LeBron hasn't been in the finals since two thousand. 10 was the last time he was not in the finals. Think of that's crazy. Are the Lakers going to make the playoffs, you think? No, I think they missed the playoffs. I know right now they're 11th. Oh, yeah, they're, they're out of it pretty good, so. But yeah. you never know. But yeah, no, I mean, it's crazy. To, you're right. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about that one move, moving him to the West to the Lakers is just. Uh, Open the East right up. Yeah, it really has. I mean. And then, like I said, your Nets are right in there in the tops. You know, you got Detroit sneaking in, Charlotte sneaking their way in. So it's it really did open up like uh, the doors for the East to really truly shine this year, and to really think that we could have Giannis and the Bucks or Kawhi and the Raptors in the finals is really exciting, and to really think that you know the. Do you do you think someone is can take the Warriors out before the finals? See, that's the thing. Like, I just I don't know. Like, who realistically would take them out? Like, the Thunder? I mean, I don't know. I would love for the thun. I would love for the Thunder. My dream finals this year would be the Thunder versus the Bucks. That'd be fun. You, I would hope you would want your Nets to be in it. Well, I would. I mean. I mean, I'm talking about like as far as like competitiveness. I know my I I'm a realist, so I I know my Nets aren't where they need to be, but they are. They're they're one of the every game they're in is a dogfight. They fight to the death. They have a no quit attitude, and that team is really developed. And it's so funny because Magic Johnson had kind of really said nasty and and backhanded things about uh, D'Angelo Russell and kind of wrote him off as someone who really couldn't, uh, you know, be a top player. Um, And uh, he's really come along. He's still a young guy, 23 years old. He just turned. Um, So he's still a young kid. And you got Karis LeVert is back. Dinwiddie's coming back in a week or two, I think. Uh, And he'll be a great addition coming off the bench. Uh, Joe Harris has just been playing uh, uh, great ball. Uh, right. So they they really have a, a good squad, too. They aren't, like, limited to one or two guys. They have several guys who can 
who can really ball. And Jared Allen, I think, is going to be the premier big man in the league in the next five years. Um, and I think he's a little, you know, he, talk about a guy that's blocked uh, Kawhi, LeBron, and Giannis all in the span of like two weeks. I mean, that says something right there. Um, so, and again, a young kid, 21, I think he is now, 22, he's super young, so he's got plenty of time to develop, and that whole team does. I don't think they're there yet, but it's, it's exciting, it's the, it's the first time I've been excited being a Nets fan since, uh, jeez, I wasn't at all excited when Darren Williams was on the team. Um, so, uh, you know, you're thinking, I'm thinking, I'm going back to, you know, the, the Vince Carter, Richard Jefferson, Jason Kidd days in 2007-8. the last time I was really, truly excited about being a, a Nets fan. So, um, uh, they are the premier team in New York now. Uh, granted, that could change if the Knicks decide to really uh, optimize those uh, max two max slots they got. Um, Durant and Irvin, they're coming. Th- yeah, that, do you really think so? I, would be interesting though if they added somebody like that. I'm officially withdrawing my prediction for the Celtics to be in the Eastern Conference final, to be the winner of the Eastern Conference and be in the finals. I'm officially withdrawing my selection that we had wow. when we first started this. <laughs> Giving up on them. Huh? Oh yeah, I uh, I have no faith in that team. They aren't playing together. I think Kyrie is just going through the motions right now. And his whole demeanor has changed. He went from, you know, saying, uh, I want to stay here if they'll have me, to he's asked the same question about whether or not he's going to re-sign. It went from, I'll stay if they'll have me, to ask me July 1st. Um, that tells me he's not staying in Boston. tells me he doesn't have any desire to stay in Boston. And that coupled with the rumors of him and KD obviously talking, Cameras caught them talking uh, at the All-Star game and what have you. Uh, I think he's out. He could be going to the New York Knicks. But, I mean, with everything with the Knicks, I, I can only, uh, you know, see it going south as everything does with the Knicks because they are uh, an atrocious organization from the, uh, from the merchants that serve peanuts to the ball boy into the front office. So they are a wreck. From the neck, from a wreck from the neck up and tore up from the floor up, they are a complete mess. And I hope it stays that way for the sake of my uh, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd be all for them staying out of the, keep them out, keep them out of the. I mean, obviously uh, Irvin's already in the East, but definitely keep uh, KD out of the East too. That'd be fine on me. But with uh, that said, I do officially punch my ticket for. The Milwaukee Bucks to be in the finals. I like it. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, any of those five teams, I, I can, maybe not so much the Pacers, really, but um, I can see any of those teams definitely uh, being in the finals. And and like I said, to to think that one of these we could we're gonna have a new Eastern Conference Finals with two new teams, and 
we're going to have uh, you know in, in the, a new Eastern Conference champion uh, without LeBron on the team. You know, it's not going to be the Cavs or the Heat. Is exciting. Type I think him going to the Western Conference was a real wake-up call for for him. Because um, getting to the finals, yeah, you can do that all fine and dandy in the East Coast when you're at the caliber LeBron James is at. And that's why he went there from 2011 on until last year. Um, but right. when when you're in the West and you're dealing with obviously the the immense talent that Golden State has acquired, uh, you're dealing with uh, you know James Harden in the Rockets. You're dealing with now Paul George and Westbrook in, in OKC, and now the the Nuggets have an, an up and coming squad, um, and even you know the teams that you're not going to see in the playoffs that have up and coming like young and up up and up and coming uh, squads. You know the Sacramento Kings. Uh, you know, those are te- these are teams that the West is is stacked, and th- that's not saying that the East isn't stacked, but I also think the East is partially stacked right now due to LeBron being out and other guys, uh, you know, moving to to the East or being able to kind of emerge without the cloud of LeBron being so dominant in the East. Okay. That's, yeah, it's an insane. And those, and those guys are all under the age of 25. It's, it's nuts. The future of the NBA in the next 10 to 15 years is going to look mighty nice. Yeah, I mean, every one of those guys is, is a legit star, pretty much. Um, I thought maybe, um, I think D'Angelo Russell maybe could have been on this list, maybe. I Definitely. Know, maybe. I think, like I said, I, I think he's, he's still... Young like the rest of the guys, obviously under twenty five, um, and he's still developing. But like I said, I I think he was a uh, mismanaged. He had no one really around him besides like Randall at the time, um, and the Lakers. Honestly, the Lakers seem about as messy as the maybe not as messy as the New York Knicks right now. But they they look uh, they look. I'd be embarrassed to be a Lakers fan right now. Um, 
with the you know the gonna trade six guys and four picks for uh Solomon and uh, Anthony Davis, you made your whole organization look foolish, and it's embar it's embarrassing to be a Lakers fan right now. Um, and they're gonna deservedly miss the playoffs. And uh, I'm a And especially because I do think that they have good players on that team. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be great. I do think Ball, if put in the right system, could do very well. But obviously he's uh, injured right now. Definitely. Well, Eric, let's uh, let's run the ropes. Let's hit our wrestling segment. There is plenty to talk about in uh, the wrestling world. Um, but real quick, before we hop on to WWE, I just wanted to talk to you. I know we've talked about it uh, uh, while we weren't recording, but the fact that Undertaker has signed an appearance deal at StarCast run by Conrad and Cody Rhodes Um the event before Double or Nothing, the very first AEW pay-per-view in Las Vegas, to do the StarCast convention the day before it, um, The Undertaker is officially going to appear there as a guest. What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's definitely shocking just because I, The Undertaker doesn't do many appearances. So, um, yeah, like it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely caught me off guard. Um, you got to think why You don't really see him making too many appearances. So. Right. Now, with all that being said, I don't think it means anything extra. Like, oh, I'm no. going to AEW or anything like that. But I definitely think it speaks, uh, it speaks volumes about the backing that AEW has and, and the connections, for sure. I mean, and uh, to kind of counteract off that, um, because Conrad Thompson is the one who contacted uh, Undertaker, Undertaker's people rather, to uh, to get him uh, to do the convention. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, who does his podcast with Conrad, they had the the video version of it on the WWE Network. Um, the WWE has officially re-signed Bruce Pritchard um, as a talent, uh, I believe, a talent manager or. To help with the the writers, I think uh, even so. Uh, obviously, uh, I think that they wanted to make sure that Bruce's uh, knowledge and talents weren't acquired by an AEW. As much as the WWE would probably never say that, um, I think that they wanted to scoop him up just in case he went to uh, help the uh, you know AEW with uh, developing their promotion because. Vince, obviously being very tight with Bruce Pritchard for all those years, uh, knew what he could bring to the table, and if they wanted him bringing any of those talents to the AEW table. No, definitely not. I think it's, I think it's really cool to see someone like Pritchard who played such a big role in the business for so long, and then kind of almost like just 
washed away, you know, like you, you didn't hear his name for so many years, and he kind of he, he gets himself out there. He starts this podcast. People love it, and uh, such a like a genius of wrestling, and, and to see him come back full circle, I think it's really awesome. It really is. I, I mean, I think it speaks more about not only about WWE, like kind of covering themselves and having him do something else, but it also is still an asset, and I think. I think that's really cool. Um, no matter what, like all this AEW talk, I, I understand we talk about it a lot, and I, and I love that. I love those guys who are within that promotion, and I'm gonna I'm gonna support it 100. percent But I still think, like we like we said, that um, a lot of people still feel WWE is uh, is and always will be the the top dog. So, and uh, I have to agree. I don't think anybody is going to be able to do i mean you have to be around for as long as is just vince has run the company since the you know early to mid 80s to become what they've become they didn't overnight and they didn't do it in five or ten or even 20 years you know it took 35 years plus to to get to where they are and have several different eras of huge wrestling you know the the hogan savage andre era and then the attitude era uh Just like a juggernaut, and I still think, like I said, I, there's nothing that's gonna replace that because there's, it's it's crazy it is because me and you, you know, we're we're fairly knowledgeable, but like there's still a lot of fans who are just purely just WWE fans, you know what I mean? And uh, I kind of write it up to uh, an analogy like, uh, you know, Tesla. Tesla is a relatively newer company, and it's a coveted uh, company, and and you know, people, a lot of people would love to drive a Tesla. Um. And it's looked at as superior to, like, say, the Chevrolet brand. But here's the bottom line. Tesla could have higher-end cars. They could have, uh, you know, better vehicles. Um, But the bottom line is the WWE is the Chevrolet of the wrestling world. No one, Tesla isn't going to come out and put Chevrolet out of business. It's just not happening. Because Chevrolet Chevrolet provides so much. As does WWE, two shows, multiple pay-per-views, uh, a whole streaming service with all their content, pretty much ever that's ever existed, uh, you know, from the time they started doing pay-per-views, uh, you know, many documentaries that they they release, I think, like you know, twice a month. Uh, on top of having you know E Entertainment shows with with the the Bellas and then Miz right, and like, Misses and. But it draws some, you know, the more casual fans or fans not necessarily of wrestling, but of the characters they see on these shows. Definitely, definitely. I think it's just more of a, yeah, it's just more of a broad audience. I think the only way anybody's going to be able to ever compete with the WWE is if they, um, is if they sign, if they get some sort of big TV deal. So just the only way it's going to work. And then some companies who had big TV deals even still didn't. Didn't uh, match up, obviously. Right. Even though they were run pretty poorly, but <laughs> when it comes to like WCW and TNA. Right. So, um, moving on past the current product, we see uh, Kofi Kingston obviously taking the place of Mustafa Ali, and Kofi obviously the fanfare and 
and the way he's built himself and the way I'm, I'm more than sure he was positioned, um, got the, the title opportunity at Fastlane, and then Vince has now, uh, you know, put Kevin the returning Kevin Owens in that spot, taking Kofi out. So obviously I think that's building to Kofi at Mania because they realized the Kofi, the Kofi for the title, you know, vying for the title is more worthy uh, than a fast lane match. They think it's mainly worthy, and I think that's where it's headed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, my uh, thing about Kofi is that he, uh, I mean, he's always been a, a fan favorite, and he's always been, uh, I think he's always been a great wrestler. I think with the New Day stuff, has just uh, skyrocketed those guys a little bit more. I, I personally love them. I think they're hilarious. I think they're great. I think they love the business. I think uh, every time they come out, the crowd eats it up. They're great in the ring. They're great on the mic. So uh, I think it's cool to see a guy like that get his. Um, even if he doesn't win the the belt by any means, it's cool to see a guy like that get the recognition and get that crowd on his side. Where you know what I mean, like having his moment, even if he doesn't yeah. end with the title. If he won the title, I'd be jacked up. I would. I would think it's great. It's great. But um, if they honestly do that, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just. I think they need to throw a guy at the bone here and there, so they just um, they get let him get this little sort of uh, push, and then they just kind of return him to obscurity. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was it, it's definitely like I know we were talking during when KO came out, and uh, Vince obviously just he knows how to rub everyone the wrong way, so just to be like, oh well, Kofi's out and Kevin Owens is in. So right. But Vince, you know, I thought that. Right. No, not at all. Now, um, where do you where do you sit with uh, what are what's the ma- what match do you want to see at WrestleMania that you want them to come up with or that you think uh, they could set? Yeah. Now, um, do you think that, so the way it seems, because Kofi took Mustafa Ali's uh, spot, do you think that, and it made more sense when Vince said that Kevin Owens is more deserving than Kofi Kingston, it almost seems like uh, the the spot of uh, Kofi, you know, this was supposed to be Mustafa Ali's spot. This was going to be all Mustafa Ali, you would think, right? And it, it seems like they just plugged Kofi into it when they f- realized that, you know, Mustafa Ali, obviously with his concussion, couldn't uh, compete. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting to think about. Were they really going to push Mustafa that much, you know? Yeah. I mean... But I know he was getting a little fan. He was getting quite fan, quite the fanfare, too, the last few weeks leading up to before his injury. Well, I think, like, once the fans start to see that they're trying to push somebody that you wouldn't expect, 
Right. I think it knows that it helps. Um, it helps the wrestler, and they, and they get behind him. And I think uh, it's better to see when you when you're um, like what you want as a fan is being accepted by the the writers. So. Right. And, and like I think they do when they rolled up, when they brought the McMahon back out. Remember a couple of weeks ago, talking about like we're gonna listen to you and things are gonna be different around here. So hopefully that's like really what they keep doing. We can uh, we can only hope, but um, so uh, touching. Uh, I mean, we'd uh, before we uh, call it here, we'd obviously have to say, you know, what where does this stand with the the Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey? Obviously, Ronda Rousey laying her title down and saying the belt doesn't mean anything anymore if she's not competing against uh, the best. Uh, you know, is this end? Does this end up as? Uh, Charlotte, Ronda, and Becky triple threat at um, Mania. That's what it looks like, right? I think that's definitely what they're pointing towards. And you know what? That like I know we always talk about Ronda how she's not the greatest on the mic, but I actually kind of like that little promo uh, with her laying the belt down. I thought it was different. I thought it was cool. And you know, it's kind of true. It's like if you're not gonna let me face like the best people, what's the sense? Like the title means nothing. Exactly. We always, we always talk about that. Just how they make those titles. They make those titles like almost meaningless with, with what they do with them. So I thought that was actually a really cool promo. Yeah, she made uh, she made a lot of sense, at least to people like you and I uh, saying that, because I, th- I know that's something that we think. Um, so having her say that, uh, that was a, you know, a couple points in my book. Yeah, and Ronda, like, that match would be a great match, and, and she's going to get better. Like we, like we talked about before, she's going to get better and better. Um, obviously an amazing athlete, and like with the judo background, and martial arts background but you know it's not the same as in the WWE or, or pro wrestling ring so once she's going to start getting more better and better and and more comfortable on the mic too so that I think that that's those are like three of the top if you know also like Asuka like I think is really great too as well but those are like definitely like the top females and I think it would be cool to see a little bit extended feud with that like keep it going you know what I mean absolutely because the women's division is very top heavy so uh, to, to I guess uh, wrap it up, uh, give me your top three. Uh, who do you think the the hottest, in your opinion, who are the three hottest uh, wrestlers right now um, in all of wrestling, not just WWE? Who are your three hottest right now that have the most steam that you think is are really gonna make the most noise? In 2019. Um, well, I would see the Becky. I mean, I don't think there's a bigger wrestler right now than I mean, just the people are just eating it up. I, I don't even just mean me personally, but like the fans don't want to hear anything else but her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, here, and we got they just they just don't. Any anytime another person. I mean, they're taking Charlotte and they're like booing the shit out of Charlotte just for being a part of it. <laughs> so, like, I know. I gotta say Becky Lynch is is, is one of them for sure. Um. I think a guy who's just an amazing wrestler who's not in the WWE, whose name gets talked about being some of the best in the world, and people were really eager to see what he was going to do, is just is Kenny Omega. Anything, any match he's in is just amazing. 
he, he elevates guys. And um, we get that Jericho versus Omega 2 uh, yeah. at Muffin. The fuse in AEW and, and, that, and bringing that feud back, that their match was, was, was so sick. And that's going to be another one. So I'm eager to see what, you know, what really all those guys do in AEW, to be honest with you. But uh, Kenny Omega is definitely super intriguing when it comes to that. Um, for sure. Do you have a third? I, I, I don't know who my third would be right now, to be honest with you. I think, I think it'd, be, it'd be easy to say any of the guys any of the guys who just returned, like to see what they're going to do with them. Like, uh, Roman and... Roman coming back from his, uh, you know, his bout with leukemia, apparently. So, uh, that or Kevin Owens or any of the guys who are, you know, are close to coming back. Like, you know, Bray, I'm a big Bray Wyatt guy. Like, him coming back at some point, you know, you're reading when he's going to come back. But... Tough to narrow to just a one, but yeah, any of the any of the guys who just came back, it's eager to see what because obviously they're pushing the hell out of Roman, and he he had the title, so you got to see what they're gonna do with them. For sure. Uh, so. my three, I'm gonna agree with Becky Lynch just because, I mean, I, I'm not the I was not the biggest Becky Lynch fan, but she has taken the ball and run with. Uh, I feel like her, all of her material doesn't seem as scripted as everyone else's. She sees a, like, maybe they're giving her a little leeway, and I think that's why she's kind of uh, gotten herself over with the with the fans and, and people who even weren't even that big of fans of her, uh, such as myself. Um, so I think she's going to have a great 2019. And then my other two, I am going to uh, agree 100% with the Kenny Omega as well. Um, uh, he's just someone that I've been following for a few years, and, uh, I really think that he's gonna have, uh, an uh, amazing match against Jericho again, and I look forward to all of his matches. Honestly, he really is the best in the world, if not the best. And then finally, I mean, obviously I'm riding the, uh, AEW coattails here, but someone I think is very interesting to see them, their trajectory from being... Uh, a mid-card to even lower mid-card guy in WWE and now is a huge star and it's obviously the face of AEW is Cody Rhodes I think he's an amazing talent and I think he's going to have a great uh, he's going to have a great year yeah Cody's Cody's a guy who super smart loves the business knows a lot about it and he's another one who uh, is going to be tremendous and he, you're, right, you're right the WWE made a joke out of him towards the end of his stay with them. So yeah. It's cool to see him. He's got a lot to prove. Going everywhere and um, just proving everyone wrong, to be honest with you. So uh, that'll just about do it for us, and we shall see you next week. Uh, Eric, any closing thoughts, or did we just about touch everything we needed to? Uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm eager. We got the NFL draft coming up uh, pretty soon. We got the combine starting, so that'll be fun to see. The new league year for the NFL starts on March 13th, so you probably start to see some of the free agency and the trade stuff happening. Eager to see where uh, Antonio Brown ends up and stuff like that. But then, uh, what I'm excited for this weekend actually is there's a gigantic UFC card, UFC 235. Maybe one of the most stacked cards I've ever seen in my life. Old uh, John Bones Jones. Yeah, Johnny Bones coming back literally after fighting just a few weeks ago. Um, Tyrone Woodley fighting in his uh, for the co-main for his title and then the, the premiere of uh, Ben Askren one of the 
greatest uh, MMA fighters to never fight in the UFC. This is his first uh, fight in the UFC, so. And then uh, Cody Garbrandt is fighting on this card. It's a, it's literally a stacked card, top to bottom. So it should be, it should be a, it should be a fun show. We may have to cover this on next week's episode then, because this is a quite a, quite a stacked uh, UFC card for sure. Yeah, 100%. But I think uh, like um, we'll definitely cover it. But like Mickey Gall, the guy who defeated CM Punk, is he's fighting, and it's, yeah, there's really it's just a, probably one of the better cards I've seen in a while, to be honest. So probably, uh, probably worth the pay per view there. Oh yeah. So, uh, with that said, I'd also like to propose that we cover our top five favorite sports movies on the next episode of Battleheads. Yeah, that'd be fun. That's going to be tough, but we'll, we'll, we'll tackle it for sure. We'll do our honorable mentions as well so we can get them all in. Any sport. Any sport. Top five favorite sports movies all time. It's going to be hard. Good thing i got a couple days to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so, with uh, that said, we are the Battleheads podcast weekly sports and wrestling you can find us on instagram at babbleheads podcast um on twitter at babbleheads uh podcast uh let us know you're listening uh write and review on itunes you can listen on spotify google podcast stitcher wherever you listen or download or stream podcast you can find us tell your friends tell your kids tell your wives and uh we shall see you next week on a new edition of the babbleheads podcast